The 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kvec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111911. Okay, we are back on the Dave Congleton Show here at Hometown Radio, and uh, I am absolutely delighted to have my next guest on here, who I also call one of my BFFs. Aww. I know, can you believe that? And I have made everybody a promise today that you and I will do this for the next hour yes. and talk about health and talk about nutrition and talk about the importance of living a healthy lifestyle, especially in a very busy world that all of us live in and you're very familiar with. But I promised everybody that we are going to do this without cracking each other up. <laughs> and I'm not sure if that's really possible at this point that's a that's a high promise you've made michael <laughs> I've, I've made those promises before and i know that you know I, I i know that you and i when we get together for coffee or anything else that are that i'm the mature one uh-huh <laughs> and you're the one that i have to sit there and say oh why is she acting so immature today oh my goodness because i am the mature one you know that I'm glad we have a witness. Several, actually. <laughs> so, Nairi Ashajian, thank you for coming in today. You're welcome. Thanks Ab- for having me. Absolute pleasure to have you here. Now, you have an interesting, amazing background. So, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about you, your, everything from your education, where you grew mm-hmm. up, where you're from, and okay. get people acquainted with you. Okay. Well, that's 32 years in a few seconds. So, okay, I'll we can try do my that. best. We can, we can do that. <laughs> um, I was born and raised in San Luis Obispo. Mm-hmm. A first school, I headed uh, north first for UC Berkeley, and then I went, jumped down south for USC. I studied business and public relations. Um, from there, I kind of, you know, I took the first job offer I got, which was selling human capital software services at Oracle um, in the Bay Area. And then, um, you know, that was not for me. And I ended up in the land use industry. I moved to the Middle East for a little bit. Um, for about a year and a half working Mm -hmm. for a land use company there. Um, And then through connections there and meeting clients actually in California, it's interesting how one thing led to another, but I ended up coming back and um, working for someone here as a project manager in Mm -hmm. land use. And then um, kind of around COVID time, I've always been fitness inclined. That's Mm -hmm. something you and I have talked about for years. Um, But over time, I basically... Uh, around COVID really started to just get a little bit more curious about that and see if there's something else I could do with it, mm-hmm. um, which is, I think, why you've brought me here today. <laughs> I think so. Um, yeah. Yeah. See, and that's, that's what's real interesting is because I know uh, you and I share a lot of the same friends. Mm-hmm. And um, so when people put your name and my name together, and, and a lot of them know that we're friends. Mm-hmm. Um which is a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, But what's interesting about it is that um, when, when you put your name and my name in the same, uh, on the same list together, people will think that you and I are going to sit around and talk about public policy all day. Oh, yeah. Which, between the two of us, never, ever 
happens Mm -hmm. unless we have to because we got hired to do something Mm -hmm. or something along those lines. But the reality is that our um, our friendship and a lot of what we talk about and get together and talk about is health, Mm -hmm. nutrition, training and the importance of living that type of healthy lifestyle throughout your entire life. And how it just makes your life better. But most importantly, it's the challenges of trying to live like that in such a busy world. Yeah, absolutely. And I I think it's interesting on that note, we met originally through the political world. I think um, when my dad was running for Congress, we... (laughs) That was it. (laughs) Yeah, we started working together on that campaign um, to a degree and kept in touch in that regard. But the majority of our conversations circled around. You would would show up in your running gear. (laughs) Yeah. I I actually, I would always wonder if you ran to the office. (laughs) You know? No, and then you would look at me. and See, my concern is that that's when we started working together and you would look at me and think, okay, yeah, his hair's all sweaty. And why why are you working? Where did you go to school again? Yeah. Yeah, I guess he's got some talents. And then, of course, we'd work on the campaigns together. And, mm-hmm. of course, the printer didn't the work. Printer the thing, printer, yeah. the printer thing. And yep. up till two in the morning trying to get the printers to work correctly. Yep. And um, but that's but that's what's been so amazing is that, you know, is to understand how you and I've always talked about, you know, and sharing secrets on saying, how do you keep mm-hmm. um, how, how do you stay healthy in doing all this? Because you have to st- keep your A game going with your mind in order yeah. to be in politics constantly. Oh, yeah. You can't have things weigh you down. And when you when you don't eat right, at least I know for me and you mm-hmm. too, um, but by eating healthy, mm-hmm. you can keep going constantly, just nonstop, nonstop, nonstop. Absolutely. I think I really look at food as fuel and what you put in you is how well that machine's going to run. Yeah. Um, especially in industries that are very demanding, like politics, you're interfacing with people all day long. You need to be on your toes and stay sharp with how you present yourself, et cetera. I mean, we would talk about it on the campaign trail is how do you sneak in some movement and exercise while you're going from this debate to that campaign event? You know, what kind of healthy snacks do you keep on you? Um, and and, in any industry really, um, even just busy parents i mean they have one of the most demanding jobs how do you get your movement in in the midst of all of your kids activities and commitments on top of that eating healthy and not reaching for their leftovers of you know whatever they've eaten that day yeah exactly and especially knowing that we live in a world that i would say is probably more 24 7 than ever before Mm -hmm. because instead of being able to quote go home shut it off turn on the Uh, turn on your answering machine because your phone was still attached to the wall or anything Mm -hmm. else like that. I mean, your phone is constantly going off. Now, obviously, you come from a family that has been over the years heavily involved in politics, Mm -hmm. obviously, with your father. Yeah. And you guys lived it for, my gosh, a couple decades. Mm -hmm. I mean, this wasn't something where it was just a couple terms and you left it. This Mm -hmm. was a lifestyle for decades for you guys. Yeah, 18 years. Yeah, 18 years. And I don't know how in the world... You guys pulled it off for that long. Mm. <laughs> I mean, that just had to be just harsh sometimes. Um, you know, I imagine it was. I think I was eight years old when my dad first went into politics, and um, I, I, I give that all all that credit to my parents. I mean, if if there was stress outside of the house or on the campaign trail or at work, it never entered our home. I mean, mm-hmm. my brother and I in a beautiful way were oblivious to any of those issues because they did such a good job of separating public life from private life. 
Um, that being said, you know, even with my dad's commitments, and everybody knows if you went out to an event one night, you would see Cacho at five different events that night yes. after having driven home from Sacramento. I, 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 st- and, I still, bl- I still thought there were three of him. Yeah, yeah, I really did. <laughs> Cl- cloned <laughs> a few times. Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, but you know what I thought was interesting and what stands out to me is he would. On occasion, I would say at least once a month, go play at Sinsheimer Park with his friends. He would go play tennis for three, four hours straight mm-hmm. and just come back drenched in sweat. Him and the guys would go and play tennis. He were, Both of my parents were always... Um, I never saw them as an example of being in the gym or, or setting aside an hour to go weightlift, for example. But they were very sports inclined, whether it was basketball, tennis, skiing, that sort of a thing. And, so, you, grew up, and you grew up the same way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Doing all of that. Very much. All yeah. right. Well, listen, we're getting ready to head to our first break right now. And after that, we're going to get back to Nairi Shaji. And I want to talk to you a little bit about the tips that you have. And the secrets you have to eating healthy with a busy lifestyle. Okay, well, this is News Talk, 920 AM, 96.5 FM, KVEC. Coast to Coast AM catches more flies with vinegar than honey. I have some concerns about these questions. Are we in the middle of a magnetic pole shift? I'm George Norrie, and join us on our next program with Ben Davidson from the Space Weather News as he joins us to talk about that. And later on, spiritual medium Erica Gabriel on Coast to Coast, looking forward. That's the recipe for great radio on Coast to Coast AM. The night at 10 on News Talk 920 and FM 96.5 KVEC. PG&E is seeking volunteers to serve on the Diablo Canyon Decommissioning Engagement Panel that fosters open dialogue between members of the local community and PG&E on topics regarding the future decommissioning of Diablo Canyon Power Plant. There are several positions subject to appointment or reappointment consistent with the panel's charter. The application period ends March 7th. To learn more, visit www.pge.com slash engagement panel or www.diablocanyonpanel.org. It's time to upgrade from filing by snail mail. I'm Daria Albinger with today's tax tip. Have you found that your longtime accountant or tax professional is retired or is no longer helping clients? This is Billy Gallant with your locally owned and operated H&R Block offices, here to let you know that we have been in business for over 30 years and are still open and ready to serve you. We have the knowledge, expertise, and experience to help with all your tax and accounting needs. With your health and safety a primary concern, our licensed tax professionals are ready with many options to serve you. Call your locally owned and operated H&R Block office today to make an appointment with your next longtime tax professional. Betamax, the 8-track, dial-up internet. Some things are better left in the past. And enrolled agent Janice Heyman says it's time to buck mailing in your return in favor of e-filing. It is shocking how many people still like to do that, but the IRS is discouraging them. It is so much better. There's a tremendous accuracy with the software, and it's just faster. An IRS spokesman, Eric Smith, can give you another good reason to start filing electronically. Chances are you'll get your refund much faster. That's right. Your money in your bank account sooner. The IRS says it could take up to six months to get your refund when you file by snail mail, but just a matter of weeks when you file online. And if you use a preparer, they should e-file for you. But if they don't, ask them to file your return electronically. With today's tax tip, I'm Daria Albinger. ABC News. Hometown Radio with David Congleton on News Talk 920 and FM 96.5 KVEC. Now back to Dave. There she goes. There she goes again. Racing through my brain. I just can't 
Welcome back to the Dave Congleton Show. And what I call the most entertaining hour in radio ever <laughs> is Nairi Shajian as our special guest today, sitting here with me, Michael Aaron Woody, your host today. And we have gotten through the first seg- segment without mm-hmm. cracking each other up. Mm-hmm. And see, I told you, I kept my promise. Mm-hmm. And you know, I do it because I'm the serious part of this relationship, yes. friendship that we have. Yes. I'm the serious <laughs> side of it. And we know that. Um, this has been really interesting because you and I, it's like we were saying before, always talk about the idea and the importance of keeping good nutrition in your life. Mm-hmm. But the difficulty is how do you do it with such busy schedules that all of us have? I mean, what? Yeah. give me an example. What do you do? Because we know that people get so busy, mm-hmm. you don't have time to sit around for you know 45 minutes a day and constantly yeah. cooking and doing all this. And, and, and you brought up an interesting point. You start seeing food as more fuel mm-hmm. than it is just... Okay, find something that really tastes good, like a slice of pepperoni pizza or something. Oh, yeah. Um, I I like to look at food as fuel. I like to look at exercise as training, whether you're training to be a strong parent, um, you're training for a new decade of your life, whatever it is. So food as fuel, what's going to help you feel better when you're moving? If you're a runner, if you like to work out, if you're a swimmer, what's going to help you move with more ease? I feel like when I'm making food choices, that's kind of the question that I ask myself. And I I try to do away with the healthy versus unhealthy mindset and more so what's more nutrient dense versus this probably doesn't have a lot of nutrient density to it. So picking meals and snacks and bars that we were just talking about that are more nutrient dense to help you do what it is you want to do. Yeah, and it gets you through the day better and it keeps your A game going in your mind. Now, what I found, and and I think you have found the same thing, is you start... Um, realizing that there are ingredients out there that can really wreak havoc on your body, oh, especially yeah. when you get them out of your diet, which mm-hmm. is a hard thing to do. Now, the classic is being sugar. Yep. Now, that is the one that I would say everybody has a problem with. Yeah. And, and let me be clear about something. Um, me and dark chocolate, we're like secret BFFs. Yeah. We really are. And, and I know that. And um, I, so I don't keep it around the house because it's just a bad idea for me. <laughs> All for many, for many, many reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I have found, though, is that when you learn to eat properly and you learn to eat those healthy uh, nutritional snacks and whatnot, and you get that out of your system, your body does physically feel better. Mm-hmm. I think I, I like to call it breaking up with sugar. And it's just as hard as any breakup you've probably ever had. There's an addictive element to it. It really affects your brain the same way drugs affect your brain. It has addictive qualities and you literally have to wean yourself off of sugar. And as soon as you do without it, you realize how detrimental it is to your system. Especially in children, it causes a lot of challenges like ADHD or jitteriness. Um, and, and you know, what are we? We're just kids in adult bodies that has the same effects on us as well. So finding healthy alternatives, whether it's um, monk fruit sweetener instead, or just, you know, I snack on dates all day long. They are just as sweet as candy. Um, so just being mindful about what you want to swap. And, and I know for me, what I've always found interesting is that once you, uh, my first trick to getting rid of sugar out of my diet, which mm-hmm. happened probably about 25 years ago to get rid of it completely, was a friend of mine at the time, a semi-professional cyclist. Uh, she sat me down and she said, once you learn to eat nutritionally all day, your cravings, especially the cravings late at night, which mm-hmm. are easy to come across, yep. 
Um, she said, will go away. And that was true. So once I started learning to eat balanced and healthy all day, I literally got to the evening and I had zero cravings whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Once I got rid of sugar out of my diet, which is a hard thing to do because it is more addictive than nicotine. Yeah. And it's in everything. Oh, it, it is. It's stunning what, it, what it's in. Is once I did that, I learned very quickly that the way that I perceived taste was different. All of a sudden, fruit tasted different. Everything in my life tasted different. Things that I didn't like the taste of, all of a sudden, I became um, uh, became very tasteful to me, mm-hmm. uh, especially the classic, the fruits and the vegetables, which yep. at one time I thought, oh, no, I don't do that. Um, but once I learned to um, eat correctly, it just all kind of just snowballed mm-hmm. into how to do everything. And then, and then I made the worst mistake, which was I started reading books on what sugar does to you. Oh, yeah. I and mean, once you start reading that stuff, you really can't go back. But to be to be very transparent with the listeners, I mean, we talk about this too. It, it, you know, knowing what you know and having shifted your lifestyle to cut sugar out of it, every now and then that cheesecake is gonna is gonna win. You know, that slice yeah. of whatever you're still gonna give in. I think it's more so having this healthy approach of what am I gonna do? Call it seventy percent of the time, if not more, that's going to keep me healthy, sugar free, et cetera. Um, with the occasional treats, but yeah. but you know you'll notice that once you've kind of made that shift, even that occasional treat, it just doesn't make you feel well, and you you sort of don't want it. Every time I've given in, um, you know, and I've given into a slice of dessert, it's very rare that I walk away feeling oh that was really good. I'm I usually feel sluggish or what have you a few hours later when when your um, insulin levels come crashing yeah. <laughs> down or the next day when you wake up. You know what's surprising is when you said something earlier, and it's something that I didn't understand until a while back I had to discover this, is that how many products today have sugar in it? Mm-hmm. Now, the trick that I had to learn in nutritionally, and this is something I've always encouraged people who have stopped me at the gyms or stopped me out when I'm working out or something, is take it in simple incremental steps. Don't wake up one day and say, Here's what I'm going to have to do. I'm going to have to live this exactly. miserable lifestyle of eating carrots all day. Yeah. Um, that's <laughs> Trust me, that is not what I eat all day. Mm-hmm. I learned little tricks like this. Most people have no idea that if you have a slice of toast and you put one tablespoon of butter on it and you put one tablespoon of jam on it, that it has the exact same nutritional value as a glazed donut. So my point being is that I think there are a lot of things that a lot of people are eating, and unfortunately, they don't realize how... Uh, how unnutritional mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. If you look at, if you read the label of a bottle of jam, for example, and you see the ingredients, a lot of them have sugar in them. And if you then go home and think, how could I make jam at home, just a natural fruit preserve at home, you right. could do it without sugar. Whether it's just a whole grain, you know, a really healthy, I love Silver Hills Bakery. Um, yeah. They have it in the frozen section at Whole Foods, California Fresh. Sunshine Market in Morro Bay. Um, if you have a piece of toast like that with grass-fed butter, you know, really high-quality ingredients, and mm-hmm. then maybe you make your own raspberry preserve kind of mashup on it. But there's a way to control your sugar intake. Sometimes, you know, reaching for the sugar-free jar at the grocery store isn't always the way to go. You need to see what's on those labels. No, it's not. And the other one that I learned, too, that I know you and I shared a lot about was, you know, um, what what are the ways you can substitute, this is how I used to have, let's say breakfast, one of the classics. This is how I used to have breakfast. Now, this is what I'm having now. So instead of having, um, you know, the classic American westernized breakfast, mm-hmm. stack of pancakes, 
something that's very carbohydrate, bacon, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> Hash browns. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, know I like that. my standard breakfast, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <too> Michael. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you touch that. Before it comes out, she starts throwing things at me at IHOP. I get it. <laughs> we, went, we went to Denny's before. It, it started there. And, um, but what I learned very quickly was that, hey, you know, a quick little substitute to that is, okay, why not just scramble a couple eggs? You know, and uh, and uh, throw a little bit of cheese on it, a little bit of salsa on it, um, and then you turn around and put instead of a piece of toast with it or something, put a piece of um, toasted um, pita bread, whole wheat pita bread, a little bit of hummus on top of that, put a banana with it, put a glass of skim milk with it or something like that, and there you have a nutritional alternative to your breakfast, and it keeps you going all day. Yeah, but and it, but it doesn't. Where some people will think that you and I will wake up in the morning and eat celery. It's like, no, <laughs> not many stress imagination. Trust me on this one. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't happen. Um, that there is a, um, uh, that there are ways to look at how you're eating and you can substitute some minor things around and all of a sudden it's, geez, that was really tasted great. It was just as satisfying and it works. It's all about healthy swaps and starting small, like you said, you don't wake up one day and overhaul your entire life. It's just not sustainable. So can you maybe log your food for three consecutive days, take a look at the overall picture and see, oh, I'm seeing some gaps here. I'm consuming too much of this, that or the other. Where can I make some some changes? Yeah, exactly. And, and that's something that I know that I've always encouraged people to do as well. So when we come back after this break, we're going to talk more to Nairi Ashajian about this. <laughs> <Close>. and <laughs> I'm getting better. Uh, uh, but you right forgot after this, the second name, too. I forgot about that. So this is, I'm uh, going to introduce myself when Thank we get you back. so much. So this is <laughs> News Talk 920 AM, 96.5 FM, KBEC. to have you back. This is the Dave Congleton Show, Hometown Radio. I'm Michael Aaron Woody, sitting for Dave Congleton today, and I'm so elated to have one of the most amazing people I've ever met in my life. I'll let you say your name, because I'm going to say it wrong, <laughs> and then you're going to yell at me again. Nairi Ashajian Agajanian. Thank you. Michael did promise he would pronounce all three if I came on the radio. Nairi Ashajian Agajanian. Agajanian. Yeah, there you go. Nairi Ashajian Agajanian. What is it about people going by three names? Huh? Oh, that's right. I do that. We'll roll that one back a little bit. <laughs> Nairi, thanks again for coming in here today. Um, one of the things I also wanted to chat with you a little bit about was the whole idea of fitting in exercise mm -hmm. in a busy schedule. I mean, yeah. how do you do that? Because I know your schedule is ridiculously busy, yeah. constantly busy. You're working multiple jobs. Mm -hmm. And I also want to hear more about the profession that you have in athletics and working yeah. out and training people. Yes. So I am a certified personal trainer. Mm -hmm. um, I specialize in women's health. I am currently getting certified for pre and postnatal um, and 
how to fit in training. This really started in COVID when, you know, we're all at home, there isn't a lot to do. That's when I really dove deep into running. And for me, it was a coping mechanism with grief. Um, but I came to really love the sport and what it can do for you mentally. I mean, it was such a, it was so much more for my mental well-being than anything physical. And, and we've talked so much about that. But um, I really kind of try to frame it for people. You know, you, you wouldn't wake up and not brush your teeth. So would you go, you know, a day or several days without working out? You have to prioritize it like you would any other basic necessity because it is a basic necessity. You need to move your body. You need to keep yourself agile, mobile, strong. Um, for whatever it is you're doing, if you're, I always go back to parents, but grandparents too, you know, as we're aging and I know I'm in my thirties, but, um, you know, you can start to get achy really at any age. And there is a way to prevent that and to have what I like to call a health span, a long health span, not lifespan. I don't want to be 90 and not able to move for the last 15 years of my life or get in and out of a car with ease. It's how long can I live and still be independent and mobile? Yeah, and that's something I, I know for me, it, it, when people ask me, you know, what are the few things in my life that I can look back on at this point, and I'm 56, and I can say to myself, you know, that I've been most happy with in my life. And I would say on the very top of that list, and, I'll, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart, has nothing to do with any professional accomplishment or anything else I've ever done in my life. It was developing a an enjoyment and a love for working out mm -hmm. and for a healthy lifestyle and finding that time every day, even if it's for 20 minutes yes. or something. And the other one is not being hard on myself about these things, because a lot of people are under the impression that if you don't go out there every day and go out there and be miserable and sweat and do all of that, that somehow you failed. And I've watched a lot of people do that. And all mm -hmm. of a sudden they wake up one day, they get on the scale. It's not the number they want to see. It depresses them. They miss two or three days of working out. And then it just plays on them way too much. Mm -hmm. And I go back to always saying that how much of that is also based on we live in a world today where we're constantly judging ourselves, you know, and judging ourselves against other people and saying their life is amazing. Their life is fabulous. And my life is not because mm -hmm. of, you know, whatever. And we get too hard on ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. I think you hit it on the head when you said, um, you know, it, it doesn't have to be a miserable, super sweaty workout. And I even, I kind of steer clear of the words exercise and working out anymore. It's just, I'm going to go move my body, whether it's 15 minutes of picking up heavy things and putting them down yeah. or 15 minutes of a quick jog or a run or a hike, whatever it is, it's the idea of I need, there's energy in your body. And if it's anxious energy, if it's stressed, if it's depressive, if it's whatever, you need to move that energy. Just like, just like you tend to the other parts of your life, you know, you live in your body, you need to take care of that first. Yeah, exactly. And, and something that I've always stressed with people that have um, talked to me and I've helped coach through marathon training, uh, track and field or anything else like that is the first thing they find when it comes to, for me, it's, it's distance running, endurance running, is it's not this miserable thing to do to your body every day. That actually there is a lot of enjoyment to doing this every day um, or let's say three days a week or, yeah. or, or two days a week. It, it doesn't really matter that what you're doing is you're finding something that you go out there, you go out with somebody, you, you have a conversation. It's okay to stop. We're going to stop after about 10, 15 minutes. We're going to get something to drink. You're going to have bad days. 
Oh, yeah. You can have those days where you get out there and you think, what is wrong with my body today? It's just coming apart at the seams. Yep. And, and to realize that that's just life. That's just how this is going to work. Yeah. And I, I like that idea. A lot of times when you talk to people about endurance sports, like endurance running, and you and I geek out on this all oh, yeah. the time. Yeah. We're both very into the the endurance component of it, the ultras and right. aiming aiming yeah. really high. And I think we've both been culprits of, you know, being called obsessive. And what I like to think about is, you know, I could go home and watch T V for one hour every night before I go to bed, or I could go spend that one hour or however long it is moving my body. You know, and or, you know, if somebody's um, before Thanksgiving, they do those James Bond marathons where you watch all yeah. however many <laughs> movies yeah. back to back to back. Well, what's the difference between getting out and running a half marathon or a full marathon? So it it's kind of reframing the culture, the mindset, the approach to what is obsession. There are healthy obsessions. There are unhealthy obsessions. It's putting your time and energy into things that make you feel good and are ultimately good for your body. Yeah. And, and then making sure something else that I know is really important in all this is the idea of judging yourself against other people yeah because no matter look no matter what you accomplish in this world no matter i I don't care if it's athletic i don't care if it's professional i don't care what it is Mm -hmm. there's always going to be somebody there who's going to be in front of you there's going to be somebody better faster stronger yeah better faster stronger they're going to have more money they're going to have a better professional success better political success better whatever it is but we've become a world, especially with social media today, where we're constantly, constantly being forced to judge ourselves against other people. Yeah. And how do you learn to shut that off? Oh, it's so hard. Comparison is the thief of all joy. Isn't it, it really yeah. is. And I think it's one of those things that we have to continually check ourselves. And as much as you can kind of guard yourself against it mentally, these devices and these different apps, these different social media platforms are designed to suck you in. And that comparison is really hard not to fall victim to. And you just have to constantly, day every day, if not every week, remind yourself, do I need to be looking at this? What information am I taking in? Yeah, and, and take a look at what's happening today with computers and technology. We have the ability to shoot photographs, videos, and everything else that are just completely Photoshopped to death. Mm-hmm. And people don't realize that, that what you're seeing on your on your iPhone, what you're seeing on a computer, what you're seeing in a magazine, none of it is real. Mm-hmm. And I tell people the same thing. None of this is real. Um, so don't follow it. Don't think you have to look like that on exactly. your Instagram account or anything else like that. It's not real. So yeah. please don't compare yourself to that. And the people that are creating that. Is there something wrong with somebody who, let's say, posts exercise videos of themselves, even though they're in really great shape and they post it on Facebook? all the time in little short shorts mm-hmm. is there something wrong with that person well look, I, I like shorts that are too short shorts that are too short well that's a different conversation but i would say that you know sometimes for some people you know documenting themselves with photos or videos and posting it and getting that kind of positive reinforcement from social media it's this dopamine hit that people search for right. there's definitely a downside to it for some people, it's helpful for them on their journey. It's kind of hard to, to, to judge on that one. But yeah. earlier you were you were comparing the James Bond marathon to yeah, running. But l- l- <laughs> let me say this: I, I have grown up having watched that exact marathon for many things. Well, when you exactly, said, yes, the exactly, thing is, when you yes. said it, I'm like, she's watched the marathon. I oh, I watched oh, yeah, it exactly. for sure. But, but, but mm-hmm. my question is, uh, when you compare that, what's the difference between addiction and, and obsession? Mm-hmm. What to you? 
is that yeah. dividing line. Oh, yeah. So I think for me, the addictive part becomes when you're out there training for a marathon or an ultra or whatever your goal is, and you are not listening to your body anymore. So if you are breaking down where you go, you're so wiped out, you ran 15 miles that day, but your nervous system is stuck in high gear and you are so tired, but you physically cannot sleep at night. That's when it becomes detrimental and you're still doing that day after day or just a few days later. It's a little bit addictive. You have to keep yourself in check. Now, there's a healthy way to go about it in terms of getting the proper body care. Are you setting aside time to have the right nutrition, to have the right coaching if you are going to those levels of demand? Um, are you getting the body work done, whether it's massage or stretch sessions by a professional? So I think there's, to me, it's a clear difference. And I think um, it, it's a it's easy to, to to toe that line, though, when you are getting up to certain distances. Yeah. And that's something that after we get through this next break, I want to talk to you more about is how you balance that. And how do you, and if you find yourself getting obsessed, how do you break those obsessive yeah. habits? Because I've been through those too. I've been through that one a lot, in fact. Yeah. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So anyways, let's get to this next break. And after that, we'll get back to Nairi Ashajian. Ag 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 Thank you. So Thank you, Mike. Better, so <laughs> this is News Talk 920 AM 96.5 FM KVC. Welcome back to the Dave Congleton Show, Hometown Radio, and we are in conversation this hour with Nairi Shajin Agajanian. Pretty close, I'm yeah. Getting better at this. <laughs> Give it a few more hours. I will, I, will, I will keep practicing. I'll practice this one for the rest of the evening. I promise. I promise. I'll get this right. <laughs> You know, this segment, I want to talk a little bit about when things can get maybe sometimes a little too obsessive. But the other one I want to talk about is that, you know, back to one of the original questions, how do you find time mm -hmm. in our busy lives to do something like this? And it's yeah. hard to do. What what types of tricks do you use? In it is doing tough this? to do. And I think if you kind of zoom out and really look at it from the bigger picture, it comes down to sort of what is your philosophy in life? And what I mean by that is it's very easy to listen to a radio show or to read a how-to book and get some tips. But if it was that simple for people to receive the tips and then act on them, you know, nobody would have any physical issues or whatever it might be. So it comes down to your philosophy in life. And for example, mine is how you do anything is how you do everything. And I ask myself that all the time. Today, before I came here, I went on a run and I didn't want to. It was getting really cold and gray and pre-storm yeah, <laughs> outside yeah, exactly yeah and the last thing i want to do is you know go out there and run in those conditions um but i literally say that say that that mantra to myself or that philosophy i remind myself how i do anything is how i do everything and if i skip on this what else am i skipping on on life in life so i think you have to take some time and sit down with yourself and think about what is your life philosophy and then apply it equally to all aspects of your life yeah, see, and that's one of the things that I've also tried to work on as well, too, because um, for especially before my surgery I had last year, when people would see me outside running every day in these ridiculous miles at some point, mm -hmm. um, th they would stop me and say, you know, how do you do this every day? How do you on and on and on? And it literally was 
you know, or somebody will say, you know, I've ran with you, I've worked out with you, you make it look so easy. And what they don't understand is that this actually, in a lot of respects, it is. It's a decision. And trust me, I have plenty of my mornings that my alarm will go off early in the morning and I will lay there for a minute and I'll think, you're kidding. Yeah. <laughs> this, the, oh, yeah. The, it's not that time again. It, it can be. I just went to bed five minutes ago. Yep. It, I think that's so key is you are making that decision and that's what it is a decision a choice you're making it every day you don't just wake up one day and say i'm going to run a marathon or i'm going to start you know this journey to lose 10 pounds or to help my back pain or whatever it might be you don't make it once and then it unfolds perfectly you make that same decision to show up every single day you know and the other thing that i found helpful for me is I surround myself or find a few friends that live this type of lifestyle that discover this. Because like you and I, you and I can talk about, oh, you had a bad day on this or this is really driving you crazy or something like this. Finally, there's somebody who understands my thought process. Mm -hmm. Because if I tell a lot of my other friends about this, they look at me like I'm crazy, Mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think, you know, you're a reflection of the five people that you spend the most time with in your life. And it is a good idea to selectively choose and have a few of those people be fitness inclined or wellness inclined or whatever the direction is that you're wanting to go in. And I remember when I was running, I had just gotten into it. I learned so much from you. We were talking almost every day and you were giving me tips. You were teaching me about glycogen stores. I've, I've oh, actually yeah, it's, learned it's, so yeah. much from you, truly. And it's very important to have those people in your close circle. It, it helps to a motivate you, educate you. You know, it helps you to see a vision for yourself that maybe you couldn't see on your own. Yeah, and then learning to take it step by step. Mm-hmm. You know, the you know you're at point A and you want to get to point B. Honestly, just just take it step by step, and and don't worry when things don't always work out the way they're supposed to. And especially when it comes to and it's interesting when it comes to building endurance. People ask me, how in the world do you blah 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 blah. Yeah. And let's face it, there are a ton of people out there who will put me to shame out there with a pair of running shoes on. I mean, just. We don't even want to go down that list. Um, but, but the reality is that I, for me to have done this for as many years that I've done it and have been so happy with having this in my life, um, I've had to learn to forgive myself, mm-hmm. learn to say it's not always going to work. I've got to take a few days off. I'm going to take a week off. It's, uh, it's okay. I, I'm going to go with my friends somewhere. I'm going to have whatever, this pizza, this cheeseburger, yeah. whatever. Um, and, and it's learning to be careful with yourself every day and don't yeah. be so hard on yourself absolutely every day. there needs to be an element of graciousness i was reading a book recently called bravey by alexi papa she's the yeah. greek olympic runner uh-huh. and she says something along the lines that her coach taught her a third of your training and for her she's an olympic runner so yeah training very literally um a third of your training is going to be fantastic a third of it in her words are going to suck and a third of it is just going to be flat out boring And I think knowing that, that when you show up to, it doesn't mean you're training for the Olympics, but if you are working out three days a week um, and or two days a week, whatever it might be, that a certain percentage of them are going to be boring. A certain percentage of those sessions are going to be incredible. You're going to have all the endorphins and feel like you're on top of the world and Mm -hmm. just want to do it all. And a certain percentage of them are going to feel so hard. I've had runs where my run one day is fantastic and the next time I go out I feel like my legs are made of lead. Everything just feels so heavy and you're just on those days you just get through. It doesn't matter the time, the pace, the 
whatever you just need to get it done yeah and those i i know those are the days you'd shoot me a text message and say i just want to sit on my couch and eat yeah. ice cream <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah <exactly. laughs> give me some words of motivation and i would say uh yeah i just had one of those days too don't worry about it this is going to happen yeah and <laughs> i think fine. i think just going into it any any sort of commitment to yourself to move your body more knowing those days are going to come that's half the battle i think if you don't know or have that expectation and when it does hit you and you feel super sluggish or you feel really down about it it it's kind of a quitting point for a lot of people. I've fallen to that many times myself. So you just have to remind yourself that, you know, not every time is going to feel fantastic, but this is good for me. It aligns with my philosophy. Mm-hmm. I'm here anyway. Yeah. And, and, and it goes back to something else that we've had long conversations about is that the impact of social media and all this, it's really easy to live in our own lives today and to think that everybody else out there has this amazing life going on. And yeah. I'm the one, only one going home at night with my, you know, this is going on, that's going on, I got bills to pay, blah, blah, blah. Everything's coming apart. I don't know what's going on with this. And to think that we're the only ones dealing with that every day. And you see these other people out there, maybe even working out at the gym and doing this every day, thinking, oh, for them, it's easy. For me, I struggle. Mm -hmm. Until you have to realize for one second, no, that's the game of marketing and social media. They have taught us that our life is inadequate and everybody else has an amazing life. When Mm -hmm. in actuality, everybody that you see out there is dealing with a lot of the same problems you're dealing with too. Absolutely. You just don't know it. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Because this is what happens. And it, and that plays into wanting to let go of training. Yeah. In that regard, it kind of is an even playing field, truly. Yeah. When you think about it, regardless of resources, regardless of athletic ability or whatever it is, it's it's you versus you. It's you versus your mind getting out there and you know, giving your making it through the bad days and living up to the good days and being kind to yourself along the way. Yeah, and, and that's why I always like to tell people that, you know, even if it's just getting up in the morning and it's just nothing's working right, mm-hmm. you know, just put on a pair of shoes and go for a walk. Honestly, yeah. just go for a walk. I, I had fine. a client tell me recently she did not want to show up for a session, for a training session, and she told me, she told me that she told herself, just sit in the car and point your car in the direction of Mary. <laughs> And I was like, I love that. Just literally get in the car and point your direction, your car in the direction of wherever it is you're going to exercise. And that's half the battle is showing up. Oh, yeah. I mean, I I have to when I'm training, getting back to running, which hopefully I will very quickly from at this point. um, But I know that half the battle is walking out to my garage. It's lacing up my shoes. It's getting into my Jeep. It's driving over to where I'm going to start the workout this morning and sitting there in my Jeep and looking at the waves in the ocean going, "Okay, get out and do this. Mm -hmm. And I'll think. Oh, this this heated seat feels so good right now. Yeah. But most people will see me out there and they'll say, "Oh, you make it look so easy." It's like, no, you don't understand the self conversation I had this morning in order to get to this point right now. Oh yes. Yeah, that that happens quite a bit. There's a whole lot of self talk. I mean, yeah. I'm telling you, even just today, prior to coming here, it was uh, I had to convince myself to do it. Yeah. So you know, if you're having a hard time sticking with some of these workout plans or goals that you've set for yourself, uh, do remember that's. All of us, we're all dealing mm-hmm. with that every day, and it's yeah. okay. Be be easy on yourself. And I do think that's where community comes in, where yeah. if you have friends or a significant other or a personal trainer that helps keep you accountable to some degree, it makes a really big difference when someone is waiting for you to show up um, for a hike or for a training session, or even if you've communi- communicated a goal to somebody else. Mm-hmm. There's an element of not wanting to let yourself down, of course, but the other person too. Yeah, it's the idea of, um, you know, for a lot of people, they have these amazingly busy schedules and they have to, uh, they've got kids, they have responsibilities, they have family going on. And a lot of times 
for a lot of us, you don't know this, but the family you've got going on, there's a lot of other things going on in that world. Yeah. And what you have to do is you got to sit there and say, okay, I've got to set my alarm. I've got to do this. We've got to get up at 435 in the morning. Listen, find that other person who's going to meet you there that early in the yeah. morning. Because trust me, as soon as you get out there and you're both looking at each other with lines underneath your eyes, you'll have somebody to share it with. So anyways, Absolutely. can you believe we got through this last hour without just totally cracking uh, each other Burning up? the place down. I know, exactly. Exactly. Totally. Absolute oh, pleasure. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Thanks for having me. No, thank you for coming on here. Any final thoughts on your side? I mean, there's so much to talk about in this in this world, as you know, and um, thank you for having me. I think I think the final thing I'll leave you with on that note about family and commitments and other things going on is when you put yourself first, you're able to show up for other people better. So it is absolutely more than okay to to give yourself 10 minutes of love before loving on everybody else. Absolutely. Hey, listen, we're coming up right now. Uh, News Talk 920 AM 965.5 FM, KBEC. <laughs> uh, stay tuned for the next hour. The 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kvec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111911.